Hello, welcome to another episode of Hope Stream FM Weekly Bible Study Review. My name is Pastor Solomon Odinyebuchi O'Connell. The topic of this week's lesson is Dying Like a Seed. The memory text is John chapter 12, verse 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Let us pray. Dear Lord, speak to us again from your word. Seize our thoughts, impress a love upon our hearts, and bless your name after all. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In John chapter 12, verses 20 to 50, Jesus gave an analogy about the kernel and the wheat, which is one of the most fascinating analogies in the entire Bible. The analogy of the wheat and kernel focused on two things, the death of Jesus and our submission to God's will. In this analogy, Jesus traced what happens to a kernel before it produces fruits. First, the kernel falls from the wheat stalk, having no control over where or how it falls to the ground, having no control over the ground that surrounds and then presses over it. Then the kernel lies in the earth waiting, not knowing what a future holds. It has no capacity to imagine what life will be in future, for it is only a kernel of wheat. Because a kernel cannot become a wheat stalk unless it gives up itself, then it dies to give up what it has always been before so that it may transform from a seed to a new plant. This week, why do we have hard time accepting the will of God even when we know that his will is best for us? What examples do you find in the Bible of people who totally submitted to the will of God. How can you apply these examples to your own life today? Submission for service. Philippians 2, verses 5 to 7. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who, being in his very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Many cultures of the world urge us to demand our rights, which is not bad. But Jesus' teachings regarding personal rights was radically different. Jesus taught that sometimes the will of God may be for us to give up our own rights freely in order to serve the Father in ways that will make an eternal impact for God's kingdom. Giving up our rights may not always be easy. It can be difficult, uncomfortable, and may sometimes create the condition of a crucible. In Philippians 2 verses 5 to 8, Apostle Paul described three steps Jesus took in order to submit himself to the will of his Father. Paul sets out his description with the words, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, Philippians 2, verse 5. 
In order to save us, Jesus gave up his equality with the Father and moved to earth, accepting the form and limitations of humans. Philippians 2, 6-7 Jesus did not come to earth as God. He did not come as a great and glorious human being. But he humbled himself, took up a human form, experienced much crucibles for us, and then laid down his own life for us. In what areas of your life will you need to emulate Jesus' model of giving up your will for God's will to be fulfilled? Please share your answer with someone. Dying comes before knowing God's will. Romans 12 verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of Jesus' mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Many Christians are sincerely eager to know God's will for their lives, but become confused and reluctant to follow it when it's finally revealed. In Romans 12 verses 1 to 2, Paul stated categorically that if you want to know God's will, you have to sacrifice first. In this text, Paul wrote that we will be able to test and approve what God's will is when we have a true understanding of God's mercy for us. When we offer ourselves as living sacrifices to God, Romans 12 verse 1, and when our minds are renewed, Romans 12 verse 2. It is only the renewed mind that can truly understand God's will. But for the mind to be renewed, one must die first to self. This was what Jesus did. To initiate our renewal, Christ did not just suffer for us, he had to also die. Elizabeth Elliot once wrote in her book, Quest for Love, page 182. The surrender of our heart's deepest longing is perhaps as close as we come to an understanding of a cross. Our own experience of crucifixion, though immeasurably less than our Savior's, nonetheless furnishes us with a chance to begin to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. In every form of our own suffering, he calls us to that fellowship. What areas of your life do you need the Holy Spirit to cause you to die to self in order that you may be renewed? Why not ask the Holy Spirit to bring that renewal now? Willingness to listen. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 10. The Lord came and stood there, calling us at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Many of us hear the small, still voice of the Holy Spirit, and we ignore it only for our hearts to be filled with regrets later when everything around us begins to go wrong. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, we read about Eli, the priest, and his two wicked sons, whose characters of never listening to God sharply contrasted the character of little Samuel, who always listened to God. There's always a difference between those who listen to God and those who don't. Like the sons of Eli, sometimes we have many things on our mind that distract us from hearing from God. 
Eli was foretold by God as encouraging his children's wickedness because while he spoke to his children about their wickedness, he did nothing else. Although Eli's sons were not ready to submit their lives to God's will, Eli would have done more than just speaking to them. Preacher Charles Stanley describes how essential it is to cultivate openness to God's voice. In his book, The Wonderful Spirit-Filled Life, published in 1992, Charles titled the session, Shifting into Neutral. He says, The Holy Spirit does not speak for the sake of passing along information. He speaks to get a response. And he knows when our agenda has such a large slice of our attention that it's a waste of time to suggest anything to the contrary. When that is the case, he is often silent. He waits for us to become neutral enough to hear and eventually obey. Self-reliance. When we sin against God, we do not only disbelieve him, we also exhibit pride, acting like we have enough wisdom to decide for ourselves what is right for us. This was what Eve did in the Garden of Eden. She trusted her own judgment. When we rely on our judgment as opposed to trusting God's word, we open ourselves up to all sorts of problems. We see in the story of Saul how humans move step by step in self-reliance until we move into a tragic end. After Samuel anointed Saul as king of Israel, in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1, he gave him specific instructions. 1 Samuel 10, verse 8. But Saul disobeyed. Saul took three major steps in the wrong direction that led to his downfall. These steps were not bad per se, but each step was taken independent of God. Saul was under pressure, and he evaluated with his own eyes what was happening. 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 1. What Saul saw with his own eyes, not with God's own eye or what God said, shaped what he himself said and what he believed about the situation of Israel before their enemies. 1 Samuel 13, verse 12. Saul was compelled to offer sacrifice without seeking the Lord's face. 1 Samuel 13, verse 12. Like Saul, we too are guilty of taking steps away from God at one time or the other. Sometimes we rely on our own human sights, thoughts and feelings, which lead us to ultimately rely on our own human thinking and on ourselves rather than on God. In what areas of your life are you relying on yourself instead of on God's will? What can you learn? from the life of Saul today. Substitutes. Sometimes we may not be guilty of relying on ourselves, but we become guilty of relying on other substitutes for God. Some turn to drugs when they feel hopeless. Some to therapists when they feel depressed. Others turn to movies when they feel the need to be happy. When some feel inadequate, they pursue fame. When others have difficulties with their spouses, they look for someone else to give them intimacy and excitement. 
Many of the things we use can relieve the pressure temporarily, but they do not necessarily solve the problem or teach us how to handle the situation better the next time. Only supernatural help from God and His Word can do that. Unfortunately, many times we depend on substitutes for God rather than on God Himself. Here are three substitutes that we may use instead of God. We may use human logic or past experience when we need fresh divine revelation. We may block problems from our minds when we need divine solutions. We may escape reality and avoid God when we need communication with Him for divine power. Zechariah helps us focus on what really matters when we are tempted to use substitutes. After many years away in exile, the exiles finally returned from Babylon and immediately began to rebuild the temple under intense pressure, Ezra chapter 4 up to chapter 6. So Zechariah came with his message of encouragement to Zerubbabel, who was leading the work. Strangely, Ezra linked the completion of the building project to the work of the Holy Spirit. How could the completion of a building project be affected by the Holy Spirit? What does this teach you about the relationship between the Holy Spirit and the practical things we do? We really do need the Holy Spirit at all times. God did not prevent the opposition of a temple or spare Zerubbabel from the stress of dealing with it. And God will not always protect us from opposition. But when oppositions come, God may use it as a crucible to teach us how to depend on him. In conclusion, God wants us to totally surrender to his will, to rely wholly on him, that we may be led by him daily, even as we move into crucibles, so that he will accomplish his own will in us. Let us pray. Dear Lord, teach us again to trust you and to trust your will for us in all situations. Cause us, Lord, to yield totally to your supreme wisdom that it may be well with us. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. For questions, contributions, and prayers, you may reach me on WhatsApp on plus 234-903-789-1680. God bless you.